What's going on, guys? James Camacho here. This is the I'm Just a Kid podcast reboot. We are back and better than ever, baby. Um, if you guys are new to the podcast, first off, thank you so much for joining. Thank you. Grazie, grazie, grazie. Um, the premise of this podcast is I have guests on, actors, comedians, just people from different walks of life, and I interview them about their high school experiences. We talk about if they were a loser, we talk about if they were a jock, if they were a vamp kid, and we talk about prom and just, just you know, getting grounded and getting the tension, all that just, just good stuff, you know? And then if the guests have their yearbooks from high school, I will read what people wrote them. And it's very, it, I love doing this podcast, man, because things get super nostalgic and people really open up and you really see where people come from, man. So if you're a new listener, that's what it's about. If you're an old listener, so thank you so much for tuning back in. The Spanish flu really made things hard to record. We couldn't really record in person. The studio I was uh, doing it out of shut down. So I got my own equipment. We're doing the, the, the show virtually, and we're back and better than ever. The first guest back is a really good friend of mine, James Mack. Now, James Mack is a producer. For Headspace and Timing Company. He's also a producer for Winging It Comedy, and he's a stand-up comic himself, and he's a program manager during the day. James Mack, um, I love this dude, man. He's a, he's a hustler. He's a comic, he's a producer, and he's just a really good overall dude, and he's, he's just works super... He's one of those guys when the pandemic hit, he didn't let it bring him down. He started producing, and he started doing these online shows, and he was just... He's been, he's been busier than ever, and I really respect that. So we actually do talk about producing comedy shows a little bit before we get into the high school um, stuff. Um, James attended New Bern High School in New Bern, North Carolina. He also attended Burke County High School in Waynesboro, Georgia. Two high schools, very interesting stuff. And you can follow him at James Mac Comedy. Um, enjoy this episode, guys, and thank you so much for listening. Here it goes. I'm just a kid and life is a nightmare. I'm just a kid. I know that's not fair. You ever go into like uh whatever uh, Dwayne Reed and you just tell people are uh, just thinking those thoughts about you like look at this Trump Republican? <laughs> Not really with the looks. It's usually when I start talking is, is when that comes out. Oh but yeah. Usually, usually with the looks, especially like if I'm wearing shorts because I have a lot of tattoos. Uh, people are usually like, "Oh, this is just like some hipster guy." And but then when I start talking, they're like, "Oh, wait a second. So. Oh, that I've is got, a good. That is I've a good point. I got asked what motorcycle gang I'm a part of, and I was like, I don't even own a motorcycle, man. Um, <laughs> yeah, those, those motorcycle people, there are, they're, they're, I don't even get it. Do you get it? What the enjoyment is? Yeah, well, I mean, the more hardcore gangs I've actually got to be around. So when I lived in uh, Reno, Nevada, you have the Hell's Angels. One of their headquarters is in Reno. Yeah. Um, and I actually got to talk to one of them because the Hell's Angels was started by like Korean and Vietnam War vets. What? It's an Asian yeah. thing? 
Well, no, 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 just veterans. Yeah. Oh, um, veteran. Uh, that's how dumb I am. I just automatically mm-hmm. assumed when you said Korean Vietnam vets, I'm like, oh, you mean Korean and Vietnam people that are old. <laughs> And uh, they started it because they were like, man, we don't fit into the regular society and we don't want to do, you know, everything that everybody else is doing. So, so they're a, they're a big proponent of vets. But the first time that I met somebody from the Hells Angels, it was, it was not a good thing. Cause he thought, I, he thought uh, something different for a shirt that I was wearing. He thought it was a police officer shirt. Yeah. And I was like, no dude, this, this is a long range surveillance, which is a, a, a specialty in the infantry. He was like, oh, okay, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. You want to hear something really, really wacky, man? I was wearing, um, I did a gig at a firehouse once, and they gave me, um, uh, it was at a VFW, but it was all, you know, firefighters and police guys. So they gave me um, a hoodie for the fire department, and there's, there's like badges on it, and not actual badges, but like screen printed badges, you know? And it says like infantry and, and all those words, you know, like firehouse, yeah. PD, you know, uh, uh, FD, all that stuff. And it's Navy. So I was wearing that with like Navy sweatpants. And I was walking down the street and I met up with my my girlfriend actually. And she's super politically correct. And she literally goes like, like, what do you have? Like a police sympathizer? Like, what are you wearing? <laughs> Just because I had blue, like double blue on with like a couple FDs and department. Uh, and I'm like, geez, like that. Like, I really was just wearing it because it matched my shoes. That was the only reason why I was wearing it. It had nothing to do with, like, uh, like I love the police or, you know, I'm a police sympathizer. Like, that's how uh, politi- like crazy political correctness could be. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, it, it can get out of hand real quick. So uh, sometimes I have fun with it. And, and, like, I've gone into Brooklyn purposely wearing shirts that I know was going to piss them off. Yeah. So. <laughs> and what's that? Just, like fire department shirts or just no no like uh um so there's like all these military t-shirt brands yeah um and what and uh one of them is called uh um uh, ranger up is one of the companies and they they have a whole bunch of second amendment shirts (laughs) (laughs) oh my god perfect yeah and one of them it says that uh um the old it's like the second amendment is there to protect the first amendment yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they went nuts. And then I have another one that says unapologetically American. Oh, my God. Yeah. I have so much fun going into and, – and obviously that's not all of Brooklyn. But, like, no. you know what I'm talking about. Like, the real PC areas and, like, when you go do shows in those areas. And I just like doing it, you know, one, just to kind of irritate them. And, two, just to see if I can dig myself out of that hole and still make them laugh. You know so, what's sad? Like I actually, I actually really admire that that you, you want to dig yourself the hole, and you kind of want people to hate you, and then change their uh, opinion about you. But that is super tough, man. Like especially these days, I, I, I actually experienced the opposite, where I go on the road, and the minute I say I'm from New York City, they think I'm a snowflake, and I look like like I could be like like I totally look metro. Like I got I wear tight jeans and like nice like colorful sneakers. Like they just. First impression of me is like this guy is probably you know loves Hillary and um, is just a yeah just a you know a, a, a male feminist and stuff and it's it's I realized like if you're gonna do well for me in those rooms it's like you got to be unapologetically like whatever you believe in you know yeah 
And it's got to be also what their side is, because if it's not, then you're, you're totally screwed. But I used to try to play this game where I'd be like, listen, like, uh, uh, I, 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 I'm a liberal, but like, I understand. And they that didn't work. It never worked. Never worked in those rooms. Because yeah. as, as soon as they hear certain key words, that's what all they're going to hear. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it, it's. You know, it's funny too about Brooklyn. You talk about like, um, you know, all these when you go, whenever you go to Brooklyn, you feel like you, you do shows. Only the parts of Brooklyn that have shows are the places where the politically correct people are, which is not a big portion. Most of Brooklyn, you go in, it's it's fucking scary, man. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Um, we, yeah, you're talking about you know stuff like Bushwick and stuff like that where the shows are. But I've done I've done some in uh, like Bed Stuy. Oh, really? Yeah, it's it's been pretty good. And, oh, uh, shit. Yeah, that and uh, oh, I'm trying to remember um, oh, the part where John Fox is from because I did a show with him in his little home area. Yeah, of Brooklyn, and his his is like what you think of in like 70s, 80s Brooklyn. Really, like all the Italian guys and yeah. I don't know how he's getting around. He looks clueless all the time. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he knows what he's doing. Like. He may he may he may look like he's high all the time, but no. Uh, wow, I'd love to see him spring into action. Like, oh. Yeah, like he he understands how how that little area works. So nice. So, um, talk about com- uh, we're talking about comedy and stuff. Like you have like you are just killing it with shows. I mean, you got uh, you have your own uh, you have a couple different uh, comedy production companies. I know you have Headspace and Timing, which is uh, abbreviated hasn't right. HSNT, yeah. Yeah, every time I read that, I read hasn't. And <laughs> I just think, like, hasn't done an open mic, hasn't <laughs> hasn't done comedy. Like, I keep thinking that in my head. Yeah. But I remember, like, this isn't, like, I, I keep telling people this about uh, the pandemic. A lot of people, like, kind of like, oh, comedy's dead and comedy's But I do know a lot of people, like, uh, Shafi Hossein is another one, for example, who, like, they've taken this pandemic and they have just jumped like to a whole nother level, man. And they're producing shows. They're getting up every day and they are just making like, it's almost like the pandemic has been like beneficial. Like if there wasn't a pandemic, I don't know like where you would be right now. You know what I mean? Like, so like why, like what did you know immediately when the pandemic started? Like, Oh, I'm going to like take advantage of this situation. Uh, I'm going to produce more shows. Like, um, so, uh, so a couple things. So headspace and timing comedy is the parent company. Um, and then I have a couple shows underneath that. So I have a uh, football back comedy, which is mostly the open mics, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, I have a podcast called I see the light. Mm-hmm. And then I have a game show, which just launched uh, the beginning of November called winging it. So, wow. Um, so we're doing all that, but yeah, the, the whole, the whole thing with it is uh, I started producing shows like two years ago. Oh, and um, unfortunately, we had one of the uh, shows that um, went away, which was Comedy Civil War, which we were doing at the uh, now closed Creek in the Cave. I don't even remember that, but yeah, yeah that, was, that was actually really cool. We had a battle of New York City boroughs, uh, so we took four comics oh, wow. from each borough, and we actually let Harlem and Manhattan split. Um, and yeah, we, made, we let Harlem be its own little world and uh put all the different boroughs against each other and it was just comics doing five minute sets and the crowd get it, whatever 
uh, team had the best reaction from the crowd. It wasn't the crowd voted. It was literally, we would sit back there and be like, oh, this comic made the crowd laugh more. Okay, they're going to win this round. Who would, who, what, what borough was uh, uh, on top usually? Uh, uh, it came down to Harlem and Staten Island, and Staten Island <laughs> won in overtime. Staten Island won? Yeah. Wow, that's the only thing they got going on for them. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they did really well. Um, Interesting. I don't know any, what good comics from Staten Island? No offense, but like, I know some yeah. like, like, I know, like, comics are our level from sound, but, like, actually, like, famous comics? No, you, well, I mean, you, you have uh, Impractical Jokers. Oh, right. There. That's true. Sal Volcano. Yeah, those guys are yeah. great. Yeah. There's uh, there's some other ones, and I can't think of their names right now, but they they actually put together a pr- really good team. Like, they had uh, Elise DeLucci, mm-hmm. Barry Martinez, John Kushner, um, and Pat Haggerty. Yeah. Oh, shit. That's, that's... It's always the stereotype is like if you're like you know New York City Manhattan's like you're like the best comic but uh no they got they got trumped really hard at the very the very first round they just got kicked out wow yeah I'm not even surprised to be honest I feel like the the Manhattan comics might be too safe and too they they're probably so used to like doing clubs you know in the Staten Island and Harlem especially like you probably got to deal with like. Uh, hecklers and unsettled crowds and just way more uh, hoops, you know? So I feel like they're definitely stronger comics. Yeah, well, that and also, like, being at the Creek, it's a little bit of of a different arena. Mm -hmm. So, or it was, uh, unfortunately. Um, Yeah. But yeah, we we did that. So we, uh, but we decided when Rebecca Trent announced that the Creek was uh, being closed up, uh, she was the one that gave us the spot to do Comedy Civil War. So myself and Meg Felling, who was my uh, co-producer for that, yeah, uh, we were like, we're not going to bring this back. This is a Creek-only thing, and mm. we'll shut it down. Um, yeah, but when the, the pandemic started, it was uh, I was actually just kind of really gaining traction in the New York scene. I mean, I was starting to get auditions, starting to get shows at the clubs, and... I just was like, no, there's no way that I'm going to let the steam go away. And, you know, we all thought that it was only going to be for a few weeks. Yeah. July 4th. Remember that? That was that yeah. was like the day. <laughs> yeah. Everybody was like, oh, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I started uh, March 18th um, was when I did my first show, uh, Zoom show. Yeah. And. Um, wow. That's that's so quick. That's like. I think the world shut down like the 17th. So the next day you already had a zoom show going. Well, Jersey shut down the 13th, but regardless, that's four days. That's so you knew yeah. instantly, like, cause like, I didn't even know zoom was a thing until like a couple weeks in. Yeah. Well, we use, uh, um, I do some contracting work during the day and we use this for like meetings and stuff like that. Right. Um, and I was just like, yeah, I was like, why don't, why don't we do this? Um, uh, and I found out like I was the first one to do a, a Zoom show out of New York City, out of, out of the bigger ones, and then uh, by one hour, as a matter of fact. So West Side Comedy Club did one an hour later. Uh, yeah. And uh, but yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, I, I wasn't gonna let the uh, momentum that we had going at the time, because uh, whenever everything went to go start shutting down, we were doing uh, biweekly shows in Hoboken, New Jersey. Right. Um, with the headspace and timing comedy. And then we were also doing comedy civil war, um, as a comic, uh, I had just finished, uh, yeah, I, I had 
done my audition for New York Comedy Club. Right. I was performing at the Creek. I was doing some stuff for uh, the Tiny Cupboard, which blew up in the in the uh, the the epidemic. You you told me about a, a show there, and I booked it. I remember uh, talking to Matt. Uh, who runs the place? He was like, it's only gonna be like six people, man. But you can do like twenty minutes. And I was like, I remember thinking that gig, like, God, ah, it's gonna be six people. Like, fuck it, not like I'm, I would love to do it, but also like, it's not. This is not a big one, you know. And now it's complete, like, and then now it's complete, like the 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 biggest deal <laughs> in the city. Yeah, and I gotta give uh, hats off to him and Amy, um, and, and definitely for the comedy producers that helped them out. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, because we, we all know, you know, you can have the best club in the world, but if you don't have good bookers and good producers going in there, I mean, uh, Shafi, Natasha, Natasha, um, uh, what is her last name? Mm. Uh, Farrier, Farrier, right? No, uh, Nat uh, Natalie Cuomo. Sorry. Oh, Cuomo, right, right, right. Um, Brittany Brave. Yes. You know, I I'd probably say those three right there. Oh, and uh, Megan O'Malley uh, and Brittany Card Cardwell. I'd probably say that five right there, um, like they made the tiny cupboard as far as bringing in, you know, the, the comics and making sure that everything was, was, uh, uh, packed. Um, I did almost all, all each one of their shows. I never got to do any of Britney's shows. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, like I got to do all the rest of them and, and, and I did my own show there, um, uh, just for a couple months and then, it was just like you know what it's it's just not uh productive to to keep doing this because yeah. it was getting too cold the wind and yeah everything else and you know if i'm going to put a comic up i want to give them the best possibility for an audience so right so so uh, you have a zoom show you're doing tiny cupboard you run like a 66 open mics every other sunday <laughs> so and you have a day job you're a project manager during the day like like dude i mean i i I don't know. I just have so many questions. Like, do you sleep? Like I can barely, uh, like take care of my own stuff and do com. Like I can, I can barely just do comedy, let alone produce. And I don't know how to fold a regular job. So I don't know how you like, do you sleep at all? Like, where do you, do you have any time to rest? Do you go out? Do you get laid? Like, what do you, like, what do you do for like, do you drink? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All of that. Um, it, it's one of the things, I mean, even since I, I, I was a little kid, I mean, we always, I, I've always been one of those people that like, I, I constantly doing something, yeah. you know, growing up, I did sports and I know we're going to get to the school stuff later, yeah. but I was doing three or four sports every year Jesus. and then go home and you still had to do chores and plus do your homework and everything else. Yeah. And then even when I joined the military, like I was, you know, uh, if we were back in not, not deployed, you know, I was usually working a part-time job plus playing sports, you know, soccer or, you know, doing, uh, um, Brazilian jiu-jitsu or whatever. Yeah. You know, that, that's just how I've always been. I've always been one of those people. Like I don't like to just sit around and stare at the TV. Like yeah. I love to read. That'd probably be the most, the, wow. the one thing that usually blows people away, they're like, you can set still and do it. I'm like, yeah, I love to read. It's so. it's just like, like you are probably more Asian than I am, you know? <laughs> I, I swear to God. It's like, and it's like, I think Bill Burr has this joke and it's like his first comedy album where it's like, we have that accent. People just think you're dumb, you know? But dude, you are a genius. Like you really are. Like you're doing, you did three sports. You're in the military. It's like you, uh, you're doing, now you're producing shows. Like it's, and I remember you told me you have a bunch of degrees. Like, yeah, it's very, degrees. 
Very impressive, man. It's very impressive. Now, do you like as a as you're also a comedian yourself? Do you like producing? Now, do you only do you enjoy it? Do you find it fun, or do you only produce to get more stage time? Like, what's the whole? Because I'm I'm actually, I was going to start producing a show. Um, that's kind of out. It's kind of been hidden, but huh? You are producing a show now. Oh, it's a Zoom show. I mean, like a live show. And no, you know, thought, we're gonna try to I make it. You had the one in Union City that's coming up. Isn't that yours? That's not my show. That's some uh, oh, some kids having me I'm on. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. I didn't mean to speak out of turn then. No, 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 no. It's it's fine. It's uh, I'm I'm a pretty straightforward guy. You know, I'll t- I'll tell you if it's if it's mine. But um, it's always been daunting to me, and I've always been like, I just want to focus on my act and my jokes and blah blah blah. And I think it's a lot of excuses on my part. But tell me, what about producing? Is uh, you know, why do you do it? Like like you know. Um. So so. Uh, the the I, I don't do it for for the stage time. I'll go ahead and clarify that. Okay. Um, like uh, one of the things, and a lot of people have seen it on my Facebook, is I set a goal at the beginning of the year to do 185 book shows by the end of the year. Right. Um, so I'm a I'm a goal oriented person. That's how I. Oh, that, that that's for shows. That number. Yeah. Oh, I thought that was a. I thought that was number number of girls you're banging this year. <laughs> uh, i wish 186 <laughs> yeah but uh but no it was uh um so i set that out and one of the things that i've always done is i've only done one show swap and it did not turn out well and i refuse to ever do it again now show swapping oh. for the people that might not know is oh, when sorry. no yeah i just want to um it's when you you produce a show someone else produces a show and you go hey i'll give you a spot on my show if i can do your show right Yep. Yeah. So that you said you did that, and that was a bad experience. Yeah, it just uh, mainly because, um, like, one of the reasons that I got into producing to begin with was just because you go and do the shows, and I and I'd start seeing, you know, um, I, I didn't like how they were being done. Uh, so I'm a professional person. Like, I don't you can and. I can give you numerous people that'll confirm this. You can be my best friend, but if you're a shit comic, I'm not booking you. So, yeah. because it's, I'm all about the audience experience. Uh, that's why I don't get booked. <laughs> You've been booked plenty. I know, I know, I know. I'm just kidding. Yeah. And for, and for some really good shows too. Uh, yeah. Really, yeah. Um, but that's, that's just the way I've always done it. And, and also I'm not, I don't concern myself with people's credits as much either. Because mm. that's the other part is I, I and and it's not I understand why people do it. I mean, obviously, you know that Comedy Central tag helps get butts in seats. Yeah. Um, but here's the other thing is I know people with Comedy Central specials, and I would rather uh, I, I can get more laughs out of somebody who doesn't have a credit. Sometimes, not always, but there are cases like that, and. and um, and I'm just like, you know, or, you know, that person, yeah, they have, you know, what is it? Net, uh, uh, Comedy Central or whatever. Netflix. Credit. Right. And it's from like 84. Oh, yeah. And you're you're like, saying basically, I, I, you're saying quality is more important. Um, it's basically almost like anti-industry. The industry is all about who's got the look, you know, who's got the credits and stuff. And yeah. you, you're just more concerned about who's going to put on the best show, which totally respectable yeah because the i mean when the audience comes in like you know yeah that's great you know you can get people in but are they going to come back if you keep putting people up with you know oh they've been on hulu they've been on this and then the audience comes in and they're doing 
you know, stuff, essentially open mic material for them. Yeah, a lot of people get into a zone where they stop, like, you know, they're doing very well and they use their some shows as workout shows. And it's fine you want to work out, but you got to work out smart. Like, for me, it's like I always have my, my A set and then I'll not sprinkle. I used to sprinkle, which I realized wouldn't help, but I, I have a, a segment in the set. Once I've gotten the crowd where I can kind of buy a little bit of time where I'm like, I can even tell them like, hey, there's some new stuff coming, and but they're already liking me. They're on my side. Yeah. Just just make sure they set goes well. You end strong, and they like you. You know. But some people really, literally go up there with they don't try to get the crowd. They just go into it, and if they're not responsive, they don't go into that fight or flight mode. They kind of just go this fuck it mode, and they just start doing their new jokes. They start reading off their their notes, and it it doesn't matter who you are. It's just awkward, and it it it's it's not good for the show when um. Someone, it's eating. It's it's not even calling eating because eating it. I feel like is when you're trying to do well, and you can't get. It's 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 almost like throwing a set, you know. Yeah, and I see that all the time, and it's 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 tough because these people need to work out. But I mean, I think especially for where we are, we need we need to prove ourselves almost every time we go up there. You know, people are yeah. watching. You never know. And uh, I remember when it first got to that point to where I was like, oh, I really can't make that many open mics anymore. I'm actually starting to get booked. I remember I asked you and I asked uh, KP Burke the same thing. I was like, yeah. hey, man, uh, what the hell do I do now? Like, how do I work out material? If I remember if, this. Yeah, if I'm getting booked enough to where now I can't go to open mics anymore. And both of y'all essentially said the same thing. You know, they were like, you know, just slowly sneak it in, like still do good sets. Yeah. But make it sound like it's part of that set and then yeah. try it. Or, you know, like you said, you know, just tell them like, hey, here's here's a new thing. Um, and uh, well, it's, I, I, I only say that to be like you like once you once you develop a rapport with the crowd that you can tell them like, hey, here, how about some new jokes? And they go, ah, yeah, you know. Like they they kind they like you and they're they're willing to listen you know and willing to you you can experiment they're on your side you know you can say anything at that point and they'll they'll still like you you know but yeah it's uh there's a way to do it where you can satisfy your needs and the crowd's needs also it's like we think I think we all are ego have a little ego where we're like I don't want to do my old shit where it's like hey man like you're not famous like you don't have a special out on Netflix no one yeah. even knows the hell you're talking like my jokes i've been doing since like i've been doing comedy six years i have a joke i've been i've jokes i've been doing six years it's like this is still a bunch of people that never heard it before you know yep. i may get tired of doing it but i still got to do it and prove myself all the fucking time you know so that's not an excuse people i think people lose sight of that and they get bored which they should and they should get experimental and work on stuff but i don't know it's a, it's a lot that it's it's you can't just throw sets and you know you got to do well every time especially where we are yeah, the, the, I think the only time that I start getting worried about doing the same thing is if I'm going to the same room. Yeah, same and, comics. Open, I'd open mics, yeah. Well, no, no. I'm talking about, like, actual shows. Like, oh. uh, there's, um, like, for instance, like, going into the t to the tiny cupboard right now and say you're doing a, a set there and you look and you see people that you know for a fact were at another show you did. Yes. And now you're like, oh man, I don't want to do the same thing because even though it's three people out of what, 20? Yeah. 
I'm like, man, I was like, I want them to have a good time too. So yeah. that's a blessing though. Cause that forces you, if you, if you can go uh, live up to that challenge like, and you can keep writing material, that's a blessing. That's going to make you work, you know? Yeah. And, but, and it's, I mean, it's worked out for, uh, mo most of the time it has, I I've talked to some comics and they're like, why are you, know, if 17 out of the 20 have, haven't heard it, why do you yeah. care? I'm like, cause that's three people that paid to set here. Yeah. So, you just you just got to find a good uh good balance. I feel like yeah, and have fun. So. Have fun. That's that's the most important part. So you're you're not from uh you do a lot of your stuff in New York City, New Jersey. You're not from there. You you went to high school in New Bern, um, North Carolina. Yep. Now, I never been to North Carolina. All I know about North Carolina is Raleigh. But um, well, actually, so you went to North Bern High School and Burke County High School, two New high Bern. schools. In North Carolina and one in uh, Georgia. How did that yeah. happen? Like, how did you go back? Where did you spend more time at? Uh, so I grew up between North Carolina and Texas. Uh, so, uh, but the way we ended up there was uh, I had uncles up there, and when my um, and my dad was like, "Oh, we're uh, we're gonna go live up there," so that way, while he's at work, cause my parents are divorced. Um, he was like, "So while he's at work or whatever's going on." Like, he's like, we have your aunt and uncle that live right down the road. That'll help us out. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and here's, here's a funny thing. So, uh, you know who Daniel Tosh is, right? Oh yeah. That's where he's from. It's New Bern, North Carolina. He lived really? there for quite a while. Yeah. Wow. Good company then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, is he a legend there? Did he, did you, same high school, New Bern high school? Uh, I I'm years ahead of him. So I didn't know who he was when I was there. So, yeah. Uh, and I don't know, I, I'm pretty sure he went to high school there, but I don't think he graduated from there. So, so you, you spent, uh, where did you, which one did you graduate from? I graduated from Georgia, okay. uh, down in Georgia, but that was because, so, um, going into my senior year, we moved to, uh, down by Augusta, down by Augusta, Georgia. Yeah. But when I got down there, uh, so New Bern was on year-round school when I was up there. And by the time I went down to Georgia, I'd already finished the mandatory stuff for senior year. Like, I'd already done my senior English and math and all that. Yeah. And so they were like, I got down there and they were like, dude, we don't know what to do with you. Like, yeah. you, you have more credits than what you need to graduate. Yeah. And so I did half, a, uh, I did one semester and I did like three theater credits. Oh, and wow. It, and ROTC and homeroom. And that was it. And I graduated in December and I was done. So you said New Bern High School. That's a year round school. Yeah. So they do nine weeks on, three weeks off, just like college. Oh, very interesting. Nine weeks. Uh, you know, that's so funny. I never thought of it that way, but that is how college is. I never even thought of it that way. I just thought like, oh, you have your semester, your break, semester, but it's nine weeks, three weeks. But I, yeah. I guess the summer is like three months. But yeah, well, I mean, you could you didn't have to take the 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 session in the summer. Yeah. Um, but I we usually did just to get in the extra credits, and not only that, but like they would they actually worked with the community college there. Yeah. And you could take like some fun classes. You could take like, uh, I mean, at that time it was real basic, like computer coding or like advanced history stuff or whatever yeah, you yeah, want yeah. to study yeah, to like help booster your education, your resume for college. Yeah. Now, um, so you transferred 
senior year. Yeah. Did that suck? Did you have a lot of friends you had to leave behind and like, yeah. And what sucked even worse is like, it was when we transferred, it was during the summer and it was in between semester or in between terms. Right. So it was like, I I really didn't get a whole lot of a chance to tell people. (laughs) You just disappeared. Yeah. Literally. You're You're the kid that disappeared. Remember that? Remember that guy? Then where'd he go? (laughs) I had a, um, like, I mean, my really close friends, of course, I told, like, I got to tell them, but like, there were other people, uh, uh, in high school that they didn't find out what happened to me until after I had already joined the army. And, uh, whenever you finish all your schooling, um, for the army, you get to go and kind of help recruit the high schoolers. Okay. And they were like, well, where do you want to go? Do you want to go to North Carolina or you want to go to Georgia? I said, well, I want to go to North Carolina. And I showed up and they were like, what the hell, man? What happened to you? You left so, us. Yeah. Did you, and, uh, uh, how, so, um, how was, how was high school though? Overall your experience? Uh, New Bern's very interesting because New Bern is a very rich, like it, you're either really rich or poor. And it's weird being that middle class because there were very few of us. So um, when I talk about really rich, so Newburn, so this was back when you still had big tobacco. And Newburn is where all the tobacco lawyers live. Oh, those are high powered people then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Newport, Marlboro, Camels. So the high school, which is a huge high school, there's probably, it's like four or 5,000 students. Okay. Um, that's, that's a good size. Yeah. And they get tons of money. It's almost to the level of like a private school. Now, are like, the kids, can you smoke at school? Because they're funded by the tobacco companies or the uh, lawyers? I'm smoke? sure some people could. I, I Like I said, I didn't, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, but like I'm in my afraid, school, if you, if you had a cigarette do. in school, they would they would they would suspend you, kick you out, like hit you in the head with books. Like, was it cooler? Because I assume that you probably could get away with smoking, um, if that's the kind of environment. I mean, I'm sure not in school. Yeah. Like I never saw somebody like in class light up, but right. you know the normal stuff of like, hey, we're gonna go out by the football field or whatever. Yeah. yeah. I used to smoke in the bathrooms in school. Yeah, it was so stupid because you're you're just paranoid the whole time, and you go through a half of your cigarette, and you just throw it out, and you smell like shit the whole day, and you get caught. It, it it's just for the rush and to be to feel cool. It was so stupid. Um, but yeah, so a lot of rich kids. You're in the middle. Yeah, yeah, I was middle class. Uh, me, my best friend Brian, um, who his dad was uh, was a Marine, um, and Newburn's not far from uh, Cherry Point Marine Corps Air Station either. So you did have quite a, uh, quite a few kids whose parents were military at the school too. And the, what, what was with the, the poor kids were, what were they farmers? Like what were, what, why were they so poor? Um, uh, just because, uh, so you have a bridge, um, in New Bern and, uh, and pretty much once you cross that bridge, like it's, it's really like white trash. So like, it's a lot of trailer, like run down trailer parks. Yeah. Um, a lot of that, you do have a, uh, like a small ghetto in Newburn. So Newburn's not only white, like it's a pretty mix as far as, uh, races go. Yeah. Um, so you had like, you know, the poor blacks, the Hispanics, the, you know, all of them. And then, you know, you also had, uh, 
you know the richer kids too not just white kids either so now, now the how did everyone hang out in school I mean, with it, with it being that big, I mean, like, obviously just like anywhere else you had your clicks. Yeah. You know, like you had like the serious, like the people who were the jocks, you had the really rich kids. Um, like I remember a couple, I mean, their parents were like really rich. Yeah. Um, but we had, uh, one kid who, whose father was, I, I think he was a state Senator. I don't think he was a U.S. Senator. Yeah. Um, we had another guy whose whose father was a uh, assistant basketball coach at, at University of North Carolina. Oh my Dean god! Smith. Yeah, yeah. And, but I mean, some some of those guys, like despite all that money, like they were really nice. So, um, that's, yeah, that's that's crazy. Yeah, but then you had others who were complete dicks. So, uh huh. Yeah. Now, who did you who did you hang out with? Um, I hung out with a little, like, I tried my best to hang out with a little bit of everybody, man. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, that's that's just kind of how I've always been, just, uh, uh, you know, kind of mix in with a little bit of everybody. You know, I had friends who were, you know, like, super poor, you know, barely got by, and, you know, and uh, and then I had other friends, you know, like I said, the, the guy whose uh, father was a senator, and like yeah. I said, I want to say he was a state senator. Mm-hmm. Like I was friends with him. And I mean, that dude lived in almost literally a mansion. Wow. So, and, uh, you know, just kind of everywhere, just mm-hmm. bouncing around. So it so helps play... with the girls. So what was that? I said, it helps with the girls. Oh, the know, to know the rich kids to know everybody, man. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so you played sport. What, what sports did you play? Um, so I, uh, my dad made us try all sports growing up. Oh, that's nice. Um, yeah. Uh, he, until you suck at one and yeah. you still have to play. Um, I, I could not play basketball to save my fucking life growing no, up. No, come on. You're white. Exactly. Uh, not <laughs> with that pass. accent. <laughs> I could pass. That was the, yeah. no, I did, uh, I did soccer, baseball, football, and wrestling. And, uh, when I was in tech, when I was in Texas, I, I did rodeo also. Mm-hmm. So, cause we had that for the, for school wait rodeo like what, what, what like on yeah. horses horses bulls calves yeah wow that was part of your school curriculum uh well it was a team for it yeah holy shit oh my god that was, that, that was middle school and then when racing? i got to high school i did go back and do rodeo again once i got in the military but yeah wow that sounds like so much fun now so your dad was like i guess your dad so this is the type of dad i want to be when i grow up i want my kid to try everything yep. do whatever they want and they'll stick to whatever they want to do but see my parents were more along like i want you to do this so i'm going to sign you up for this and this is what i want you to do and if i hated it it didn't matter and the stuff i wanted to do my mom would like begrudgingly sign me up for and anytime i wanted to like you know take another class or keep there was no encouragement you know for those oh, things no. and it felt really shitty no, my dad made all of us kids. We we had to play sports. You had to take two years of band. You had to try theater. Everything. Yeah, he was he was like you because his his thought process was you you don't know what you're gonna like until you go do it. That's beautiful. And not only that, but I, I think he also just wanted to keep us the fuck out of the house. No, but um, hey, hey, it was a win win. <laughs> yeah. Um. 
That's probably he, why you're like, you're so um you know you do comedy you produce shows and then you know Zoom live like you probably get it from your dad a bit where you just got you gotta you gotta dip your toes in everything. Yeah, and, and and I mean my dad was like that with ed, with education too. Like you like we got to pick our um what what do you uh your uh, extracurricular class or whatever you want to call it. I can't yeah. remember what it's called now. Electives. Electives. Um, yes. Yeah, so uh, we got to pick our electives, but my dad was real strict about like, hey, like, you know, for math, you have to keep advancing. And like for English, like, you know, the idea is to try and get into AP or uh, different places, call it different things. But yeah, we called it uh, AP back home. Yeah, advanced placement. Yes. We had level two, level one, and then honors, I think is what we had in my school. Yeah, honors is the AP. Yeah. I'm sure level two, level one is probably uh, on not not politically correct, so they probably changed it by now. Yeah, um, but yeah, that was that was my dad's thing. Was like you need to be towards the front of your class when it comes to your education. Yeah, but you get to have fun however you want. And I remember what was it my freshman year? Yeah, my freshman year I took theater just so I could get it out of the way because I knew my dad was going to make me take it, and I actually liked it, so I, I took it all all other years in high school oh that's beautiful man i would say one of my biggest regrets is not doing what you did like did try everything you know like i i have these pathetic things sometimes with my life where i get bored where i, I try to learn things like i got a like when the pandemic hit i got like a drum kit you know because i'm like i wanted to play drums when i was in a uh, school but i never i never had the balls to like the speak up for myself so i never did it but i was just always in my head about it and i tried to you know i, I tried to learn like it's tough like i'm trying to learn off youtube videos it's not the same you know skateboarding i used to skateboard a little bit i'm about to go get a new skateboard and try it to learn again but it's like when you're when you're in school you take those classes it's it's like you're more there's more of an environment supportive environment you know when you get older, it's like, I just wish I took advantage of, of, of all that more. And then when I was a kid, I just, I don't know. I just wanted to fit in and be cool and get drunk. So, um, I don't know. I didn't have a lot of guidance from my parents either. So it sounded like you had a really, uh, your dad had his head on real, uh, straight. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My dad, um, I mean, granted, you know, every parent has, has their good and bad side, but like for the most part, that was the big thing was, and my dad's real pretty open-minded. Like he didn't care what you wanted to go to school for. Uh, I mean, like we're, we're all across the spectrum when it comes to what we did at once we left high school. Yeah. So like, I got a little brother that teaches us history. I got an older sister that teaches advanced math and we thought for sure she was going to be a Stepford wife. Um, yeah. yeah. Cause like my, my older sister like barely got by in high school, but she was like, you know, cheerleader dance, all that stuff. Wow. And she got into college and she had, she was going for a business degree and she had to take uh calculus. I think it was. And she found out that she loved advanced math. Yeah. And that's what, that's what she does now is she teaches that at some private school down by uh, in Florida. Yeah, sometimes it's just like so college is a great is, is a, I mean, so I think it's supposed to be the time where you figure out narrow thing and narrow things down. But, you know, in college, I found out I wanted to get in the show business. I always knew I just didn't like it didn't I didn't really start uh, making an effort until I got into college. But, uh, yeah, it just takes uh, it takes time for some people. You know, some people um, are complete. I know a lot of people that are complete, uh, not dropouts, but like complete burnouts. Yeah. in high school and then 
Now they're like, and they go to college and they miss a couple years in college. So they graduate late, but now they are the most dedicated uh, people I know. Like they don't fuck around at all. They get straight A's and like they got, you know, they're, they're super lasered in. It's just, you know, everyone's different, I guess. Now, do you like, is there any like fun stories you have you want to share from your high school days? Oh yeah. Yeah. I have quite a few. Um, there's, uh, like I said, I played a lot of sports. Yeah. Um, I, I only got cut one time my junior year for baseball. And I still remember because the, uh, um, I had messed up my ankle pretty bad the day before. Mm-hmm. And this is why I ended up getting cut. We were playing around. Uh, so we finished the, the last day of tryouts and we're playing around in the locker room and yeah. like, we're trying to jump between lockers and I missed like over the lockers yeah okay so yeah oh my god like i slipped (laughs) yeah and i messed my ankle up and uh i was the ringleader that started this game yeah and i wasn't the only one who got hurt so uh but yeah the uh the baseball coach uh pulled you know calls me down at a class and like i'm on crutches and everything and like had to go all the way across the whole school yeah. And I get down there and he's like, oh, well, I got worse news for you. By the way, you're cut. And I was like, you mother. Just as a like, punishment for, for just 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 as a punishment yeah. for that game. I mean, for that game you set up. Yeah, because there were a couple people that got hit. But uh, one of my favorite things about that. So the year beforehand. um, So I had a cousin that made it up to triple A baseball. Oh, shit. And I was I was a relief pitcher, and he was a starting pitcher. Um, he made it up to AAA, actually got the call up to go to the majors, and then got in a bad car accident, and he can't even play anymore. Oh, my God. That must be so brutal. Yeah. What and it wasn't was even it? his fault. Like, somebody ran a red light, messed him up. What team is it? Uh, for the, It was for the Braves. Oh, wow. Braves are good. They won, yeah. like, 14 straight uh, division – Right, and weren't they NLEs champs for like fourteen straight years or something? Yeah, back yeah, uh, the beginning of the nineties going through. Yeah, wow. Uh, and he would have been a, a part of that. That sucks. Uh, God, that's so terrible. But he's the one that taught me how to pitch. Yeah. So the year beforehand, because uh, the year I got cut, we had a new head coach. The year beforehand, the coach that was there um, had actually faced my cousin, and I struck him out with the same pitch. Because my cousin taught me how to throw the curveball the way that he threw it so it doesn't mess your arm up as bad. Yeah, yeah. And I I was doing the same thing. And I was I, I had a lot of fun with that one. So he's a big swing and a miss, right? Yeah. And I was like, ha ha. So you throw it like this, like you grab the I have a baseball here somewhere, I think. Actually. I was gonna say I got like multiple ones, so Yeah, so what do you grab Wait. it like this? One second, I'll try. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I used to play a little baseball back in my day. I I got cut every time I tried out. It was pathetic. And I was pretty tall, too. So I was like six foot getting cut with a bunch of five foot four people. So let me see what you got. Let me see your, your grip. So the way that I was taught how to do it is you put your thumb on this one. So you rest the, the, the seams on the thumb. I see. Okay. And then these two fingers go together up here. And whenever you do it, instead of coming straight over and snapping down, you turn it right as right as you get there. Oh, so it's gonna get this kind of spin yep. going. 
Yeah, I always would try to throw it. I would snap it down. It was, whoo! It was it was fucking painful, man. Yep. Just snap it like that, and it would come out all. But that's how you get that twelve to six. Just that, that yeah, big Barry Zito drop. It messes your elbow up faster. Yeah, dude, these kids like it's crazy now. Like in all sports, I, I don't remember the injuries being this bad. Now I don't know if people are just hiding it, but like it's almost like every week someone's going down. You know, someone's gonna get Tommy John or an NFL. It's like. Someone pulls their hamstring every week. Every week. Well, I mean, think about it. Back in the day also, even if you played multiple sports, you weren't playing all the time. Now you can have kids that, you know, whether it's soccer, excuse me, or baseball or basketball, I mean, they're playing three, four seasons a year. Yeah, it's true, yeah. And so, they don't they, – yeah, there's no off season for them. Yeah, you're not, you're not letting kids rest up. So mm. – and – uh yeah, that was the that was the other thing. Um, like I said, I played soccer, and Newburn was a, a huge soccer school. Um, the thing that sucked though was like our conference was shit. Yeah. So so, I mean, I remember we would put like actual freshmen in the goal during a regular season game because nothing was getting back there. Oh, like, oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like we yeah. went, uh, what was it? My junior year we went to state uh, again yeah. because uh, we always won our conference. We weren't worried about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we went to state that year and I think we finished second with the like second ever with most goals scored in a season. Wow. And we, we won one game like 22, nothing. It was ugly. Oh God. No mercy rule. Fuck 22, nothing. Not at high school level, man. So, Oh my God. But, but then we got up to uh, the state, and that was when, because we had skated all year, like it yeah. sucked because now you really have to play and you're not used to it. So It's like it's like those teams um, in baseball that come out of the AL Central, the Twins or whatever. They always have like 100 wins, but the AL Central is such dog shit. Like I got a Tigers thing on because I, I was at Comerica a couple years ago, but then they, get, then they face like a real team like the Yankees and they get swept all the time. Yep. It's so... It, like they literally get the shit kicked out of them, so yeah, that sucks. I mean, how do you even prepare? I guess like when your competition's that bad. I mean, a lot of us played, you know, uh, classic soccer. So you know, your travel soccer. Yeah. So so a lot of us like we would get together with the the because I mean some of the some of the guys we played travel soccer with were on some of these other teams. Yeah. But the teams were just shit. Uh huh. Because it's it's truly different when your entire team is playing travel soccer, and then you go and look at the other ones, and they have like one or two people. So yeah, that are and we and one of the teams we played like literally their coach I still remember was like reading a book on how to play soccer when we showed <laughs> up, and we were just like, "This is going to get ugly quick." That so. is hilarious. <laughs> That'd be like, you know, that'd be like, that'd be, that's so funny to me for some reason. That'd be like if you were like going to war or something and this guy, he's like, you're whatever your headline guy, your, your front of the line guy talking all tough and you right, you right as you're about to go into battle, he just looks at you and goes, you know how to fire one of these things? (laughs) 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 You're like, dude, what the fuck? That was usually your admin guy who had watched too many movies. Oh my God. Yeah. He's like, no, I. Like man, I can't wait to get a hold of these guys like this. And then you you take him out on patrol, and he's like, "Uh, hey, how do I use my night vision goggles?" And we're right. like, "You just stand in the middle." Or they get one they get one bullet fired 
in their vicinity and they start crying. <laughs> I've seen that happen to guys with ranger tabs, man. Yeah, you so. were in you were in the military. Yeah. Shit. So when when did you go into the military? Was it right after high school? Uh, so I graduated December '94. Yeah. I got accepted to Texas A&M. So that was the only time that my dad said no was I got accepted to West Point. And my dad said no. Um, cause my dad was enlisted army uh-huh. and he, he was like, I'm not going to let you be an officer unless you go enlisted first. So at least do two years enlisted. And because it's actually easier to get into West Point as an enlisted member than it is a high school student. Okay. Because as a high school student, you have to get a congressman's approval, right? As an enlisted member, you just need to get a full bird colonel's approval. That's it. Okay. And like my two, uh, after two years in, I eventually applied again. But by that point, I was kind of jaded and I messed myself up on that. I went to West Point with an attitude mm-hmm. of, of fuck you. I've already deployed. I know what I'm doing. Oh, okay. And yeah, you can't do that. No, um, I got to check your ego at the door. Yeah, yeah. Or, or they send you back to your unit, as I found out. And <laughs> <laughs> they're like, yeah, you're done. Um, I was like, all right, fuck it. Um, but no, like that was the only time that my dad was really like he very fervently was like, no, I'm not signing off on this. But he signed off for me to go to Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got up there, did one semester. But I mean, I was also 17 years old. Yeah. So being in college at 17 sucks. Why is that? Because you can't do shit. Oh, that's right. All right, right, right. Because right. like, uh, um, first of all, I had an out of state ID. So, like, they're really looking at it close. Yeah. Um, and then I'm not even 18. So, I can even if I go up to the bar, as soon as they look at it, I like because in Texas, you can be 18 and get in the bar. Yeah. You just can't drink. You can't drink. Yeah. I can't even, I can't even get in the bar. Oh, so, my God. Yeah. That's brutal. So, I was like, uh, and I used to hang out with some friends. And finally, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go ahead and enlist and I'll go in the army. So, you know, and I we, didn't even finish my first semester at Texas A&M and uh, went in the army. And I, I mean, I eventually went back and finished my degree. But yeah. Jesus, man, you're you. You sound like you lived so many lives. Like you've done so much with your life. And I feel like I've done nothing. Uh, and, and now I'm kind of Military. slowing down. So <laughs> no, no, you're not. You're producing shows. You're doing you're, you're making it in comedy. Now, let me ask you this. Um, did you guys have a prom at your high school? Yeah, so I went to junior prom and I went to senior prom. Um, now, who was the lucky lady or ladies? No, uh, my junior year was Martha Zeminski. Oh, sounds like a sounds like a, a dime. She was, and it was surprising because she asked me out, and it's like it freaked me out, dude. Yeah, because I didn't know she knew I existed. So, <laughs> what? That's like a dream come true. Yeah, I was like, what? What? Um. Yeah, my junior year, I got talked into being on the prom committee as the treasurer uh, because I was good at math. Yeah. And I was like, whatever. Um, Sure. Yeah. And a friend of hers, I was really good friends with. And he he was like, dude, he's like, I think Martha really likes you. And I was like, why? She doesn't know who the (laughs) fuck I am. That's confidence Uh, right there. Why? (laughs) Like, why? Um, And like I ran into her. So they... It, in New Bern High School, like you had the bridge, so it's a two-story high school, and uh, you you had bridges that walked across. And my buddy, it was like some shit out of a cheesy high school movie, 
like I was passing and she just like handed me a note. Like, you remember how, I don't know if y'all did this, but like all the little fancy ways they Yeah, yeah, you would have to open it up and all these compartments. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like she handed me one of those that was all folded up and everything. And I was like, what the hell? And I just kind of put it in my pocket and because I was going to another class. You didn't even open it. You waited to open it. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Like it's a receipt. All right. Shove it in there. I'll look at it later. Well, I was going, if I, from what I remember, I was going to a class where I had to give like a presentation and I was first on the list. So that's what was in my mind at the time. You know what you treated it? You treated it like a fucking comic that gives you his goddamn business card. <laughs> and, hey man, check me out. Follow me. Here's my card. All right. You just shove it in your pocket. You fucking throw it out later. <laughs> and, but I got in there and I remember I go up and do my presentation as soon, as soon as I got to my seat, I was like opening it up. Yeah. And like, look, and it was one of those, like, will you go to prom with me? Like, here's my number. Call check me yes, tonight. check no with the boxes. No, it was call me tonight and let me know. And I was like, okay. So That's I, hot. I, I love, call, I I love like, that call yeah. to action. Call me tonight. I love the call to action. Call me yeah. tonight. That's hot. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I went to junior prom with her and, uh, yeah. And then senior prom because I didn't know a damn person out there. Yeah. Um, I was going to, that was, I was actually going to ask that. Like, how would you find it? Uh, yeah. Uh, so that it, it was one of my, uh, that was fucking horrible. Uh, so it was one of my, <laughs> um, my dad's friend's daughter who like had, was in college but she never got to go to her prom and she was fucking hot, but she was a bitch. Oh no. Like she was one of those, like, you know, you have to buy me everything and all this. And she like, she was really it's hot, my day. It. It's my day. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, Oh, not even about the prom dude. Like she, she was just wanted somebody to buy her stuff. Oh, like she wanted a sugar daddy. You uh, Do you know where she is now? Maybe is she married to some rich dude now that's on a cane? I don't know. Um, that's unfortunate. Well, that sounded the first. That's first lady sounded. Uh, sounds beautiful. Do you do you still know this person? Do you communicate whatsoever? Uh, every now and again. I mean, there's not a whole lot of people I still talk to from high school. Yeah. Um, just because with being in the military, I lost so much contact with all of them. Yeah. Um, there, there's a couple. I mean, like I said, my Brian, my buddy uh, Brian Trevel, like me and him still talk. Nice. Um. He's an officer in the Marine Corps now. Wow. Um, and then uh, Lloyd Grady, who was a friend, of, uh, kind of friend, like we knew each other, but we actually became really good friends afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, so I still talk to her, but for the most part, everybody else just, it kind of faded away. Yeah. People, you know, go in their own directions and stuff and uh, just naturally happens. I mean, even like with Facebook, you can keep in contact with people, but you're not really keeping in contact with people. You're just kind of like seeing what they're doing every once in a while. And you know, the people that you're close with are the one you just, those are the people you, you, you know, it's a two way street. You know, if you're going to try to keep in contact with someone, they'll reach out to you, you know? Yeah. A two way thing. Exactly. You want to hear something really sad though? Like, you know, you said you got that note from that, from a, what was her name? Martha, Martha. Right. I, always i i don't think i ever got a note like i would listen like i i changed a lot but when i was in my formative years man i was i was a pretty big loser dude so like i remember like on valentine's day or just 
in general, when someone would get a note and that, you know, it was all like that, it was all diamonded up and you had all these compartments and the girls opened yep. them. And like, I literally wanted one of those so bad. There used to do this thing on Valentine's Day where they would have like candy grams. And so, oh, so yeah. right, you would write an anonymous, send a candy to someone. And every fucking, I, so we had the same homerooms all throughout high school. And the kid, it's so the um you get sit you get you you have the same homeroom with the same kids, and the person. So my last name starts with a C, and um the kid whose uh, last name started with a D, you know we were seat alphabetized. So I always sat next to him for four years, and he was the most pretty much the most popular kid in school, um Santi Duque if he's listening, and he would get a candy cram candy gram Valentine's Day just every fucking time you know and they come in and you see them walking towards me and i just have this hope that it's gonna be me like i'm gonna get a note someone's gonna be like i like you i'm into you anonymous never happened never happened and i'm i'm so jealous you got that note you got to open it up and and just like um have that feeling of like oh what's it gonna say oh someone likes me i never had that i'm jealous yeah, yeah that was that was the thing man was like a, a, in school like that what that was I don't know my mind wasn't in that so like that it also threw me that way like I really didn't start getting into the whole like dating and and anything like that until I was already in the army so I was just so confused I didn't know how to talk to girls when I was in, I just didn't I there was girls I liked and whew, like just just going up to them and talk it was just like how do you do it it's like trying to like you know what we talked about earlier installing um did we talk about whatever just it's just like how do you even go about it like how do you even start like it's like for, it's like almost producing a show to me it's like i don't know how to do it what do i like i don't even know that that's a terrible comparison but yeah it it, it, it is it is uh it is crazy yeah but for, uh, like even my older sister thought i was going to turn out to be like asexual because in high school like i didn't pay any attention to any of that well people i mean Nah, I mean, I know a lot of people that don't get any in high school and, you know, the college, they have their whatever. They usually end up having a girlfriend because, you know, in college is different. You get kind of a restart with everyone, new people yep. and they bang and then they, they, they fall in love with the first person they bang with, you know, and then they get their heart broken and then they kind of get back out there. But it's just awkward. It, like I said, it's it's so hard to when you've never done it before to talk to women when you're young and your formative years, it's like it's just weird and the anxiety and the it's too much sometimes it's too much to overcome like so i wouldn't call someone asexual because they're not fucking slaying it in high school <laughs> That's well it, it wasn't about slaying it it was like yeah. i really like because i was focused on so much other shit you know I like see, I sports see. and education and everything else like i was like man i was like i didn't even bother with any of that like i had buddies of mine that uh and you know, that's all they would think about. You know, they're like, oh, like, I need to go try and talk to Katie or I'll go talk to Amy or whatever. You know, but and I'm see, like, okay, cool. But see, everyone can figure that out at some point. Like, I was the type of kid that was like, I wanted to be popular. I wanted the girls. I wanted the drink, all that stuff. And I didn't do any of the stuff you did. I didn't do soccer, basketball, baseball. I tried. I, I just wasn't, I just didn't care, you know? theater rotc all that shit you did everything and i can't do that now i can't just 
sign up for a class. I got to pay $500 for a class, you know, like I have a job and bills, you know, but you can, I can, you can fucking get laid whenever, you know, you can figure that out whenever. So yeah. the, uh... I, I think, I think, you know, your dad sounds, I wish your dad was my dad. That sounds pretty, uh, pretty fun. Try uh, everything. Like I said, you know, you have your ups and downs. Um, I know, the, I know. Yeah. The, the biggest thing that I can say, one, one of the prouder moments at a high school, you were talking about ROTC. Yeah. Is I'm uh, um, I'm cons- uh, I'm a plank holder, which means I was part of the first ever class for ROTC at Newburn. Oh shit! So, yeah. So you're a OG. Yeah. Um, and last I uh, last I checked, they're still going. So that would be shit. Uh, twenty twenty eight no twenty seven years that they've had ROTC. Wow. You just aged yourself but uh yeah. anyways <laughs> it happens fuck it um anyway so let's wrap up here so if you could go back to high school and change something anything would you and what would that be um yeah i'd par- uh honestly like yeah i would just uh some of the classes that i took um just to, to now that i know i'm like you know, there, I don't really use some of that stuff. Whereas there were other classes that I could have used, you know, like, like, you know, uh, nutrition and health or weightlifting, you know, to actually learn how to do that. So, so you would take those classes or you wouldn't, I would where, okay. you know, uh, overtaking like an extra math class or, you know, like, uh, taking like, you know, advanced chemistry, which I don't use now. So, wow. So you want to do you want to be more productive than you were basically do use stuff that actually you like you will benefit you more later. Yeah. Yeah. So I see it's tough though, because, um, you don't, you never know what's going to happen. Like I was talking about like, you know, your, your, your sister, for example, she didn't realize she wanted to, uh, be a, a, a professor or a math teacher until she started doing calculus, you know? So you may be on one path and then something changes, uh, along the yeah, way um that and also probably just you know uh probably just uh I, I would have tried as much as i could maybe you know stay with my aunt and uncle up in newburn and just finish up there not not go to georgia yeah because it, it it was really weird because burke county is a uh, a rural like farm county school yeah like they didn't have wrestling their baseball team was crap their football team hadn't won a game in forever they didn't have soccer matter of fact that the the uh the principal didn't know what soccer was when i when i showed up really yeah he was like what's that you must hate hispanics then (laughs) (laughs) i don't think there were any at burt county it's it's like a predominantly black school so yeah oh really yeah oh nice um, yeah, the blacks aren't, I don't think blacks really like soccer, right? That's a stereotype. That's not offensive, right? Not in America. No, no, they're not big. They I mean, like basketball and football and they're yeah. really good at both of them. <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, wow, man, that, that was, uh, this is fun. Um, I really listen. like, like I said, I'm really, um, I'm really impressed, uh, by your work ethic and, uh, just, uh, you're a really bright guy, man. And, um, before we leave, is there anything um that you want people to know about you any plugs where they can find you you got a million shows going on so i know you got something (laughs) yeah um all of my social media is at james mac comedy um 
So pretty simple. Um, like I said, we're, uh, we launched the uh, comedy show Winging It, and you can find that on YouTube under Winging It Comedy Show and also anywhere you listen to podcasts because it's just, it's jokes. You can listen to it. They're like 15 minute episodes. Um, the other thing, and, and I know I sent you the picture. That's my freshman year picture. Yeah. And it's the last time I've had long hair. Oh, and I, I didn't even look at it. Let me look at it real quick. Yeah, go ahead. Maybe I'll uh, put it up I on have the screen like those here. Stator bangs that like cover the eyes. Yeah. Oh, I got to find it. I got to find it. Yeah. It's a. So, uh, yeah, I think <laughs> my, that was the last time I've had long hair ever. Um, uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to find it here. Jane, what's your last name? McDowell. Oh, okay, yeah, it's not. Just, uh, you look like you look, you look like you like like were at lunch and like you saw what they're serving for lunch and you were just disgusted <laughs> by what they had in the cafeteria. <laughs> yeah, that was the. Uh, that you was sure the know how to smile, huh? You are black. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> no, um, so yeah, uh, just with winging it. Like I said, you can find it on any of the podcast stuff. Um, and, uh, most of the shows I'm doing in December are like fundraisers and then I'm doing your show. Yeah. Uh, when it, the ninth, yeah. the ninth, yeah. December 9th, I'm the headlining my own zoom show. Hopefully it will be a recurring thing. Um, you'll hear more about that, um, at the end of the podcast with the plugs, but, uh, yeah, James Mack will be doing a spot on it. James has got a, uh, James, you got some great, like, I love your, uh, I love joke writers. You got great jokes. They're one liner, oh, usually two liners, but they're, they're smart and, I, I always I, I love your uh, style. So, no, yeah, guys, so. go um go uh, look up James and uh, thanks for listening and uh, tune in next time. Thank you. That was James Mack, guys. James Mack. I hope you guys enjoyed the episode. I just wanted to plug some tour dates real quick. Um, first off, I wanted to thank everyone that logged on to my headline Zoom show this past Wednesday, uh, Mutt Comedy with Bonfire Live. I I really sincerely thank all of you that bought tickets and donated. Um, it, it really means the world to me. Uh, I hope you guys had a good time. I had a blast. It, uh, we, I did about 50 minutes on Zoom, which is crazy, but you guys made it really fly by. And um, I hope you guys had a good time, and I hope you guys uh, um, come back soon, and hopefully we hang out when things go back to normal. Um, this week I will be at – I have some virtual shows, actually, Wednesday – December 16th, Outhouse Comedy, virtual show. Check that out. December 18th, Sexy Comedy. I don't know how I got booked on that. That's Friday, December 18th. And then some live stuff, December 19th, Saturday, Dojo of Comedy, um, Headliner Showcase, Morris Plains, New Jersey. That's a hot show, guys. Eleanor Kerrigan, who opens up for Andrew Dice Clay, is going to be on that. She's a comedy store regular. I believe Will Sylvans and Cypher Sounds are also going to be on that show. They're just famous comedians. Cypher Sounds was on Hot 97 for all those years, and Will Sylvans is a house MC at the world-famous Comedy Cellar in New York City. So I, I, I got to really bring the heat on that show to keep up with these, these, uh, these goats. Uh, and December 20th, I'll be in Pennsylvania at Hatboro, Pennsylvania, at the Comedy Review um, in, at the Crooked Eye Brewery. That should be fun. And then another virtual show, December 22nd, Tuesday, Flappers Comedy Club. That's always fun. And then I'll be in the DMV area. I'll be in Bethesda, Maryland at Laugh Riot at Positano. That is December 26th, day after Christmas um, show. That's going to be fun. Um, 
please come out to a show. If you need any more information, jamescomancho.com slash shows. Ticket links are up there, and I hope to see you at a show. Zai Jen, adios. Adios.